Good day or good evening to one and all. Welcome to another fascinating episode of The Partial Historians. I am the Radness. I am your other fascinating host, <laughs> Dr. Greenfield. Why, hello. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I, I, I'm good. Excellent. Uh, last time, I think we talked. It was... We did talk. It, it was Numa. Indeed. The king. The king Numa. The second king of Rome. Yes. Yes. He's dead now. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Don't really know much about how that <laughs> happened, but it did, nonetheless. Sources aren't very clear. No. So we're going to keep going down our list of kings mm. for Rome. Mm. I suppose one thing we might talk about before we delve any deeper, Dr. G, is that it is quite an odd period of time. And we've, we've mentioned before that it's sort of, you know, this semi-mythological, <laughs> if not entirely mythological, point of time. Yeah, this is what makes it one of my favourite periods of time. We yeah. actually really know next to nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's the fact that the kings that we're talking about, they rule for a super long time, really, when you think about it. <laughs> Very stable. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Like, they all rule for, like, you know, 25, 30, maybe even 45 years. Mm. And when you add it all up, it's like seven guys over 250 years. <laughs> it's pretty... You think to yourself, why would you get rid of a system like yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess I'm just pointing out to people that these are the names that have come down to us, but mm. perhaps the things that we're talking about in relation to what they achieved and whatnot might have been more than one person. <laughs> yeah, look, it's highly speculative. Yeah. And when you start to read around the evidence, the historians mostly concur that even though these events are credited to certain people, this is not enough evidence to suggest that this person was actually alive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as yeah. much as we'd like to believe it, yeah. still and not sure about this guy. Even if there was once a person with this name who was perhaps in a position of power, it's probably kind of a matter of convenience as well as just, you know, historical accretion, I'm going to call it. Ooh. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Ooh. It's a stain <laughs> upon history. <laughs> that it just sort of adds up and rolls into this one. Yeah. yeah. Well, part of the trouble is that, that by the time we get into the period where Romans are engaging in historiography, yeah. the writing down of their own history, they've decided when the founding date of the city is. Yes. And they have to numerically make everything else fit. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like what we talked about when we looked at Romulus and Remus, about mm. the fact that they wanted Aeneas to be their founder, <laughs> but then they were like... Well, the timing's a little off because the Trojan War was a long time ago. We better fill it in with these Alban kings mm. <laughs> before we get to Romulus and Remus. And Alban now actually will come to feature back into Indeed, the narrative again. So yes. Alban's not irrelevant. No. Uh, so is... I guess we. I guess that's a good starting point, as any, for our next king, <laughs> the third king of Rome. Tullus Hostilius. Never heard of him? Not as famous as the first two. No, no, you probably won't have heard of many of the other people, to be honest. He's important, though. He is, yes. And I think his name really gives it all away. Because, <laughs> you know, Numa we had as, like, you know, uber-peaceful, hippie, zen-like mm. kind of guy. Tullus Hostilius, as his name implies... Mm. Kind of more like Romulus. <laughs> a bit hostile, well, but warlike. Yeah. <laughs> Livy actually describes him as more warlike than Romulus. Yeah, and you're like, and that good something. God. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a violent, debauched episode. Is in that history? such a thing possible? <laughs> Tell me, how does he do it? Exactly, yes. Um, so basically, when, when Numa dies, we go back to the interregnum, basically, which seems to be this 
kind of like an established thing now. This is, yeah, this is yeah. fascinating. It seems to be highly stable for this period of history. Yeah. Be suspicious, listeners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the king dies. They set up an official to be the the interrex. Yep. Their job is to organize the people and the voting of the committee. Keep the system Every, Everybody yeah. gets together. Um, get the people to vote. Get the Senate approval and usher in the new king. Yeah. And this goes off. By and large, in this instance... Without a hitch. Yeah. yeah. No probs whatsoever. Nobody's, like, fighting for power like crazy. No. That'd be, be crazy. Tullius Hostilius comes with some reputation. Yes. Uh, he is a man of Sabine origin. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, once, once again. Mm. Actually, I'm just going to point out here... Sorry, tangent again. No, go for but it. But I think the interesting thing about this whole period with, like, the kings of Rome, it's not really hereditary. That's, yeah. That's, that's a weird thing about it, isn't it? You think, <laughs> you think monarchy... Well, for me, anyway, you think hereditary. Well, maybe this is why it's going so well. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You know, it's all well explained. Let's choose somebody who seems like they've got the appropriate qualifications yeah. for the role. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so they go for yeah. someone, as you might expect, who's young and virile. <laughs> <laughs> and perhaps, you know, the Romans are looking for a bit of a change-up. Numa is very sort of peaceful. He's all about the religious things. And everyone's like, look, we're putting ourselves in danger now. Yeah. Actually, we're not coming across as very dangerous in the region. Exactly. We need to be so, a bit scarier. We, yeah. need to, we need to add up the scary factor. <laughs> <laughs> we might need a guy with a little bit more belligerence. Yeah. I like to think of this as being like the Romans have been in a long-term relationship for a while. And now they want to go a bit crazy. <laughs> so they choose Tullus uh, Hostilius, a bad boy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He is quite <laughs> wild. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he basically comes into the the role kind of acting like they want him to in that he's kind of looking for a reason to start a war. <laughs> he pretty much goes about stirring up everybody around yeah. him <laughs> yeah. in anticipation of creating war. Yeah. Again, this is my picture of him. Sitting in Rome with a really long stick, like, poking <laughs> around him. Yeah, he seems to get drive great pleasure. Um, he sets up things quite um, nicely, I suppose, from his perspective, yeah. with the Albans. Uh, yes. Early it's on. Hence our reference to the Albans. Yeah. <laughs> there seems to be a bit of tension between Alban shepherds and Roman shepherds mm. and people pushing cattle over other frontiers. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bit of like land squabble going on, but you really wouldn't think that would escalate into a war. No. Di- uh, a diplomatic person like Numa probably would probably have just would have talked it through. And yes. Brought, brought everybody together. Yeah. Let's figure out where the line is and stay on one side. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. But, uh, but Tullus is like, kick some ass <laughs> <laughs> what I'm really interested in doing is bringing some Alban guys into Rome and like hosting them for a dinner yeah and, like, telling... and keeping them busy yeah while actually causing while actually <laughs> I'll go and like while they're there and distracted I'll go and send some forces and get into some skirmishes with some Albans yeah. and then be like dudes what the hell is going on yeah and they'll be like get the hell out of my palace but I was <laughs> but you invited me to a dinner and we're having such a good what I thought we were getting <laughs> What? I thought I thought you invited us because you wanted to be friends. Yeah. And he's like, as it turns out, that's a no on the friendship thing. Yeah, just get out. Just yeah. get out. I don't want to see you anymore. So as you can imagine, the Albans and Romans are preparing for a war now. The Albans are pretty upset. They've, they've basically been done over. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, if this is what you want, this is what you're going to have. Exactly. And Livy calls it almost a civil war because, of mm. course, the Albans and the Romans apparently... Well, they share have, this Trojan ancestry. Yeah, they do. They do, and and obviously Romulus and Remus come out of the Alban line, presumably. Yeah. Presumably, yeah, <laughs> in some way. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so this idea that they've got 
hostilities are breaking out. Yep. The albums are really, like, they're quick to act. Um, yeah. They get themselves together. They camp outside the city really close. Yeah. And then they circle the whole city with a trench. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, goodness me, there must have had a lot of people. Or the city of Rome is really quite small at this point in time. That's clearly true. <laughs> <laughs> Very you know, likely. You know what's going to be a strategic moment? Digging a trench around your entire city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come at us, bitches. <laughs> but things don't exactly uh, progress the way you might think. No. Into like an all-out. <laughs> we're, we're preparing you for like this grand, mm-hmm. large-scale mm-hmm. battle. But no. No, no. <laughs> no. Part of the problem is that the king of the albums, uh, a guy called Clulius, if I... If I, I, I I'm glad you attempted that because I wasn't There are a lot of vowel yeah. sounds yeah. in that. Uh, the album king... Clulius. Yeah, Clulius. yeah, he's overseeing yeah. the construction of the trench. So the trench is named after him, so it's got a bit of a reputation already. Yep. He dies in the camp. Yeah, that's not, that's not morale, easy. Morale just plummets. Yeah, so the albums, as you can imagine, are starting to become a little little less king <laughs> maybe going to war yeah and interestingly um from Livy's perspective on this yes. the Alban social structure is almost exactly the same as the Roman social structure so the king dies they they decide that they need to have somebody to fill in the gap sure and because it's a war rather than having an interrex they stick a dictator in place yeah this all is... seems this all seems like really sort of um What's the word for it? Out of sync with the timelines of things. Yeah. Uh, but, but if you, but writing from Livy's point of view, I guess that's what you do. <laughs> anachronistic. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. An yes. anachronism. Yeah. Nevertheless, a guy called Medius uh, Fufatius. <laughs> I've been thinking about where I'll place the emphasis on yeah. all of the vowels. No, because um, it sounds a bit like a, a rap to me, like Medius Fufatius. Medius Fufatius is elected dictator. I'm just going to call him the Alban. <laughs> the Alban dictator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he kind of approaches Tullus and says, maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. <laughs> have you thought about like the enemy that we have in common? Yes, exactly. Like Etruscan people. Yeah. Yeah. Have you considered the Etruscans? Yeah, because as we've probably, I hope, made clear by now, Rome is by no means a dominant force at this point in time. It's really still very much on the make (laughs) and very much at the mercy, perhaps, of other people, other like city-states around them who are also, you know, increasing in power and whatnot. And so it's not a guarantee that if Rome goes to war, Rome is going to win. <laughs> and the Etruscans are quite yeah, well, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, Etruscans are pretty well established. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, the Albans and the Romans are like, okay, so... We've got this enemy So coming. we've got the, yeah, the Etruscans. And so Tullus is like, okay, you've made a good point. I mean, I know I wanted this war, but yeah. I, I hear you. I'm rethinking this. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's set up an alliance. Yes. Uh, that's probably what we need to do. Yeah. Um, and if we go into an alliance, we need to know who's going to be in charge of that alliance. Yeah. So in other words, we need to settle it by a triplet showdown. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, yeah. the first option is to just go to war anyway yeah. <laughs> and like have all the forces and decide who wins from that and then that will be the alliance. Sure. And then they're like, actually, well, if we've got a common enemy, we'll probably lose a Let's lot of not, troops that yeah. way. That's Let's not probably, waste our resources. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's going to be detrimental overall. Yeah. Maybe we should do a symbolic showdown. As it happens... The the Romans have a set of triplets on their side. On their side. Yeah. And the Albans have a set of triplets on their side. Handy. I find this 
completely baffling. <laughs> uh, well, when you think about it, though, there three are, is a magic number. Isn't I it likely that there there probably was a set of triplets? On each side. I mean, in a city of that size, couldn't there be a set of triplets? On each I don't side? know. How many sets of triplets have you encountered in life? <laughs> we live true. in a much That's more true. densely That's populated I've never world. Met a set of triplets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I know one set of triplets. I don't know any. That's true. Okay, mm. fair point. Okay, fair point. I'm just trying to give Livy the benefit. <laughs> uh, Livy does point out though that we actually don't know for sure which set of triplets fought on which side because we've basically got the Horati and the Kuyati. Mm-hmm. And we don't know who was who, but he thinks... He thinks that the Horatii are the Romans. Yes, yeah. yeah. I, I just shouldn't, shouldn't say things. I just shouldn't say words. No, no, you should. You yeah. should. <laughs> You're doing really well. And the Curiatii are the Albans. At least yeah. this is what he runs with from this point onwards. And that's what we're going to run with, too. Yeah. Wow. In in lieu of other evidence. Yeah, exactly. Why not? <laughs> yeah. The idea is that these triplets are of relative age. Uh, they're all male triplets as yep. well. So yes, yes. Well, yes. I'm just yeah. Same, you know, for like yeah, detail absolutely. purposes. Absolutely. The winner out of the combat between the two sets of triplets would represent the victory of the city as a whole. Yeah. And determine who rules the alliance. Yeah. And I have to say, I think that Livy's account of this fight reads very much like. A Hollywood blockbuster. <laughs> Take over the narrative. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just very much like the crowd looks on in amazement and no one can really see <laughs> what's going on. It's just a flurry of swords <laughs> and blood there and cloaks and, oh my God, what's going on? But very quickly. Um, unfortunately, yeah. really quickly, yeah. two of the Romans are dead. Yeah, and so basically you've got one Roman left standing. <laughs> one Roman left, however, uninjured. However... All the three Albans are wounded. Yes. And yes. we don't know the degree to which they're wounded. No. But... It sounds serious enough, though, yes, because it, this surviving yeah. Roman, who's miraculously also not wounded, <laughs> <laughs> decides that he's going to win <laughs> by dividing up the triplets, which sounds quite reasonable by, you know, sort of running away. <laughs> not, <laughs> knowing. Not fleeing entirely. Yeah. Just creating some space so yeah. they can break up. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And basically hoping that he's kind of going to wear them down, like, cause they're, mm. cause because they're injured, that their injuries will, you know, make this chase quite <laughs> unendurable. <laughs> um, and then... Through that way, he kind of splits them up and is able to kill them one by one. (laughs) Slowly but surely, he kills all the wounded Albans. Exactly. And so the tables are turned once again. Amazing. And, you know, it's very exciting for the Romans because they've been all like, gasp, oh God, everybody's going to die. Yeah. We're doomed. Yes. And then cheering on the one last one and he gets through. And so he despoils all of the the victims. Yeah. Um, So... What takes this all this means stuff. takes yeah. all this stuff. Um, this is an important component of Roman warfare. It's going to become increasingly important as we move forward as well. They like so their spoils. Yeah. yeah, it's really worth mentioning this idea of the spolia. Yeah. Uh, the arms that one strips from the enemy. Yes. Uh, war booty, if you like. Very is... sensible idea, really. Well, yeah. you wouldn't want to waste it, would you? No. Um, and, and increasingly, there's like metal content and things like that, which sure. you can smelt and do stuff with. So, yeah. exciting times. Yeah. Not um, to mention that it's just handy to have extra armor and stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And so he takes all the all the spoils. Yep. And and then like the Romans are like, okay, so we're the rulers of the albums now. Awesome. And 
Tullus talks to Medius, the dictator yep. of the Arlens, and yep. says, you know, I think you should be careful because, you know, I've got some problems with the guys over at Vey. Yeah. This is one of the Etruscan cities. Yeah. Um, so it seems pretty clear the backstory to this is that Tullus has been stirring up almost everybody in the neighbouring regions. Yeah. Um, as everyone expected, seemingly. <laughs> and he's like, I think you should, you guys go home and just prepare because I think we've got some extra combat coming up. Yeah. And then... Livy switches the narrative back to this last remaining triplet, and I think this is really fascinating. And I it want, is, isn't I it? I do want to go into this story. Yeah. Thank you, because I really find this fascinating as well. Because basically, the triplet that survives, Horatius, he returns to Rome, and he has, as you mentioned, the spoils, you mm. know, from the, the dead Albans, um, which include things like their clerks, right? Mm. Now, his... Distinguishing. <laughs> not only was this man a triplet... But he also had a sister. And as luck would have it, this sister happened to be engaged to one, one of, of the, the dead Albans. And so she Could had... this narrative get any more crazy? I know, yeah. And so she sees um, the cloak of her dead fiancé, which she had made for him. <laughs> <laughs> the poignancy is yeah. getting rather terrible. Exactly. Here. I shouldn't be laughing. And so naturally... Things are getting, going to get worse. I'm yeah, thinking. naturally she mm. starts, you know, like crying and she loosens her hair in her Yeah, grief. she starts to do the whole lamenting thing, the performance of grief, the tearing at herself and yes. sort of screaming out. And, and, and his name, so like, yeah. I imagine it was something like, oh, dead Alvin, oh, dead Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> and Horatius is like... Furious. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like, I just won... Like the, the whole war. the whole war, yeah, and myself, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just lost my two brothers. Yeah, I just won the whole war for us, and you're gonna like upstage me as I enter into the city with the spoils <laughs> by crying about this. And he runs her through with a sword. Yeah, that's pretty extreme anger. <laughs> I think we should be like this. This encapsulates some of the stuff that's fundamentally Roman distinct about Roman yeah. culture and fundamentally. Um, I suppose, if from a modern perspective, entirely misogynistic. Yeah. Can I, can I say what he actually says, apparently, as he, like, plunges the sword in? <laughs> Please. Beyond your betrothed with your ill-timed love, since you have forgot your brothers, both the dead and the living, and forgot your country, so perish every woman who mourns a foe. Yeah, and you think to yourself, but you were betrothed to him for, like, like... She wouldn't have necessarily had much of a say in that betrothal. Absolutely. And the idea that the Albans were a foe mm. is a recent occurrence. Very Presumably recent. the betrothal predates pretty recent, the transition yeah. of the Albans from, like, let's get married to them to, like, let's kill them. Yeah. Uh, this seems to be entirely out of her control. Absolutely. Nevertheless, she is And you would, think, you would think also that she would therefore have a certain duty to mourn her fiance. I mean, divided loyalties. Well, this is this is where it becomes a problem because yeah. from the Roman perspective, family is the most important of course thing. Yeah, and she's just betrothed to him. She's yeah. not actually married to him. If no, she'd no. been part of that family, of if, course. Yeah, if the yeah. marriage had taken place, it might be a very different story. Yeah, um, but because she's not hasn't trans transferred her loyalties yet, hmm. it's not cool. But still, like I still think she would have been in a very conflicted position. If this story actually was true, which I don't know. Well, yeah. I, well, like everything to do with this period, we yeah. can't be sure how true anything might be. Yeah. Um, it just seems very convenient. <laughs> it becomes it becomes like sort of a morale, an illustrative sort of morale yeah. tale. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Directed 
at women and at men, educating them in how terms of like, yeah. how to be yeah. uh, a man in Roman society, yeah. how to execute family duty, yeah. and how to be a woman and what is permissible and not permissible. But I suppose the interesting thing about this story is also the part that comes next in that it's oh, not it gets like... worse. Yeah. It's not like all the Romans are like, high five, you've killed this woman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the accent <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there. Yeah. Now we're Victor- no, yeah. no. <laughs> no. No, they're actually quite horrified by what they he's are. done. They are. So, yeah, it kind of... Horatius like, has to go to trial. Yeah, and the, even the king at the time is like, you know, I don't really want to deal with this. This seems like a hot potato. I'm just going to toss it to <laughs> another official, the Duumvirs. <laughs> mm. um, and they can handle it because... I don't really want to be the judge of the guy who's just, like, won the war but committed murder. <laughs> yeah, and the turning for the trial seems to be the moment where um, Horatius's father yeah. uh, comes out and speaks at the trial and says, look, what my son did was completely justified. Yes, absolutely. Because it seems like he was actually going to be convicted of yes you know yeah. and that's that's i have to admit i was actually i it's been a long time since i looked at this kind of stuff and i was kind of surprised because it's what you would more or less expect like a woman being put in line by her men folk mm. you know yeah and, and this this sort of initial story is far more conflicted than that it seems yeah. that the populace is is very much like that that's a step too far like yeah like it doesn't really matter what you've done that deserves a triumph or a reward yes actually you shouldn't murder your sister because yeah. she's grieving her betrothed yeah yeah um but then the father comes out and says look do you really want to punish the person who has put us in a position of power yeah first of all yeah he has won us imperial power over the almonds you you want to consider that yeah also, I think he was—he did the right thing. Yeah. And so the, a father and, and has come I, out yeah, and yeah. basically... And I would have used my authority to sort this whole situation. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, and if I had been there, I would have killed her. Yeah, exactly. It was pretty much where and he, he also, gets to in that speech. He also, on a, on a personal note, says, look, if you take this child, if you take my last child, this is my last child. Yeah, you take I've, him, only, I've yeah. only got one child left, guys. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've you lost might, three in a really yeah. short amount of time. <laughs> yeah, you might want to consider that. I mean, yeah. one of them was killed by another one, but... Nevertheless, I've now only got this one left. Yeah, and um, yeah, so they end up acquitting him. Um, and Livy admits that it's not really because this was perhaps the, the right judgment for the crime, mm. but because they have to kind of honour what he has done for them. Yeah, so they've, they've sort of made a decision that the valour achieved in warfare is yeah, actually more is more yeah. important yeah. Um, than the way you interrelate with family members. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, of course, again, doesn't just end there. No, no, no. <laughs> Keeps going. Um, oh, but wait. Yeah, exactly. In that, obviously, a murder has still been committed. Mm. And so they still need to somehow make amends for this. Mm. Um, and so the father is commanded to basically pay for rights to be carried out that would sort of yeah. appease the gods and sort of, you yeah, know, yeah. At- you know, atone for the bloodshed. Yes. Yes. So this idea that that somehow you can you can correct this in the eyes of the gods, um, and everything can go on as usual. Yeah. Uh, starts to come into play. Yeah. And one of the things apparently uh, is still around in Livy's day. Mm. He seems to indicate um, this. Basically, they erect this beam across the street um, that's meant to see, like symbolize a yoke, mm-hmm. um, and he the the remaining sign is made to pass under it with a covered head, and apparently it that's 
that sister's beam, as it became known, was still <laughs> being maintained in Livy's day. Hmm. So, yeah, kind of interesting, like, aftermath there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anywho. Um, <laughs> as you on might On that expect, happy yeah, note. exactly. Back to war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, perhaps unsurprisingly, the yeah. treaty between the Albums and the Romans breaks down. Mm. Mm. Yes, yes. This becomes super obvious um, <laughs> when they start to get into a battle with the Etruscans. Yeah, because basically um, the Albans kind of said to these people that were going to um, come into grief with the Romans, look, you guys start up some conflict and we'll totes switch sides <laughs> at the crucial moment. You can see how the Albans got there, though, because this is pretty much what happened to them. Right, I could understand. Right that. when yeah. oh, Tullus got into yeah. power. So I don't blame them at they've all. Taken, they've taken everything on board and they're like, okay, so now we're part of this alliance. Yeah. They're like, yeah, sure, guys. Um, <laughs> We've oh, so got your back. <laughs> you guys have totally double-crossed us before. Yeah. I wonder how we could double-cross you back. Yeah, exactly. So, basically, when it comes time for this battle to take place between these Etruscan forces and the Romans, um, the Albans kind of gradually <laughs> back away slowly. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're there on the battlefield. Yeah. And then they're just like, so, just gently, gently. Yeah. Before you know? any... Just don't make any sudden movements they don't Make notice. it look like it's a strategy. Yeah. And that we're going to come around from behind. And so we just need to back away now so we can get that circulation movement going yeah. on. I love the fact that Livy says that the album commander is not brave enough to either desert or stay. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of like, let's just hover here, guys, just out of yeah. the way of I the I feel battle. a song coming on. Should I stay or should I go? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so yeah, they've... They've backed sufficiently away to mm. kind of be watching the proceedings. Yeah. yeah. And and just to see whether, I don't know whether it's a sort of a hubristic moment or just seeing, testing the waters afterwards. Yeah. Um, but Medius <laughs> is still the dictator of the Albans. And yes. after the after the battle is concluded and it appears that the Romans have gotten through okay. Yeah, because Tullus, of course, is the guy that saves the day. Yeah. He manages to, <laughs> to trick the opposing forces. Into, he kind of apparently manages to hide the fact that the Albans... Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> kind of passes it off as some sort of strategy that he's organized earlier just yeah. so his own forces don't lose and he morale. also starts saying things really loudly like no we are so going to win or something <laughs> like that and he knew that people on the other side some of them would apparently understand latin yeah. and they'd hear it and go oh shit they're saying things like we're going to win so they must be about to win yeah. oh no <laughs> run this away is, run this away. is the sort of stuff that works yeah. really well in the heat of battle and 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 so he's noticed that the Alban forces have, have withdrawn, but yeah. he's disguised that from his own troops. Yes. And so when Medius comes up later... And, After they've won, by the way. Yeah, yeah Tertullus. Yeah. And is like, dudes, great victory. This has been amazing. What an alliance we have. Yeah, and Tullus is like, indeed it is. Indeed. Would you mind joining us at our camp in one hour? Yeah. I'd like to celebrate with yeah. you. Yeah. I want to give a speech to all of the troops, yeah. you know? And the um, Albans are like... Whew. Oh, I've got away with that one. Got away with that one. We'll, we'll totally be there in one hour. Yeah. You guys won again. <laughs> and so uh, they do this. They 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 each retire and then come back together at dawn. Um, mm. And Tullus starts making this speech. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tullus is like, you know, this has been a really great victory for us. Yep. You know, it's been great to have you guys on our sides. We want to bring all your Albans in and make you citizens. Yep. However, Metius. Um, ah, uh, Metius. Uh, but... But except for one guy. Yeah. You. <laughs> you. 
while he's doing the speeches, he seems to have organised some of his centurions, so yeah. his more senior soldiers, uh, to, to wander through the crowd. And just surround And, and surround Medius <laughs> gradually, <laughs> gradually. And, and like, as he, go. And as he gets to the point where he's like, you, sir, are yeah. a treacherous little so-and-so. Yeah. <laughs> the centurions grab him. Yeah. And... Things get rather physically nasty for Medius at that point yeah. in time. Although I have to say, classic Roman punishment <laughs> in that it's very apt. He yes. is apparently tied up to horses mm. and torn in two to symbolize his divided loyalties. Mm. Uh, they've got a poetic irony. <laughs> mm. I would not have wanted to see this. No. Uh, this sounds terribly nasty. No. So two, four horse chariots. Yeah. Uh, and the horses of each chariot whipped to run in different directions yep. with Medius tied in between them. Ouch. That would so be that, <laughs> yeah. that would be nasty. Yeah. Even Livy says it's pretty nasty why this guy had to go through mm. however he does point out that the romans generally are not so nasty <laughs> redemption redemption i don't know there's been a lot of killings yeah. so far yeah uh well he doesn't deny that they punish people but he just says <laughs> generally the punishments are not quite as bad as this one mm. Mm. <laughs> touche <laughs> well after all of these incidents where is the backwards forwards relationship between rome and alba yeah. has not been going well it's clear no. that they don't really trust each other no. uh, the time has come i think for an all-out takeover yeah, the Romans uh, Tullus leads his forces, and they basically raise the city of Alba Longa. Yeah, uh, and and basically, yeah, they, he sends these people to go and get the Albans and bring them. You know. Yeah, well, this is this yeah. is what's interesting, and this starts to set up a bit of a pattern as well, yeah, or at least build upon something that we've seen earlier, where they take the whole population of yeah. Alba and they say, okay, actually, we're just going to make you Roman citizens. Yeah. Like, come to Rome. We'll settle you in our city. We're actually going to burn yours to the ground so yeah. you can't stay here. Everybody celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only things we're not going to destroy in Alba are the temples because don't want to offend the gods. Yeah, exactly. That would be bad. Um, but they take all of the population of Alba bring them to Rome, and then they open up one of the one of the hills that currently hasn't been settled yet. Yes. Ooh, eventually like land they'll... development, <laughs> exactly. expansion. Eventually there will be seven hills. <laughs> mm, mm. So the Albans are settled primarily on the Caelian Hill. Yeah, and they, they seem to have been a little bit bewildered and upset to leave there. Well, I'm not surprised, city. really. It's a bit of a shock. But nonetheless, once uh, once the Romans start to get impatient, they're like, hurry up, guys. We're totally going to get violent if you don't yeah. move. If you don't leave. Yeah. <laughs> this might become something else. Yeah, they, 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 they come along quietly enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but Tullus, um, as you say, he, he settles on, on the Caelian Hill and he decides to set himself up there. Yeah. This well. seems like a grand gesture of, yeah. of inclusion. Right. Oh, I'm going to live with you guys as I'm well. I'm going to reside amongst my people. Well, <laughs> this seems to be a strategy to sort of encourage integration. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's, uh, it's not going to be the last time we see a Roman king setting himself up in an area where, which he wants to attract other people to. Mm. Like, this is going to be the next <laughs> up-and-coming area, guys. It's called gentrification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you want to live here with me. Exactly. And my new friends. Mm. The Alban... Roman, I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so in order to accommodate the sort of influx in population, because Rome is probably doubled in size yeah, at this point, exactly. um, he expands the Senate mm-hmm. and enrolls prominent families of the, oh, the Albans, yeah. Yeah, yeah, including uh, the Julii, yeah. including the Julii, yeah. uh, wait for it, 
they'll come up sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, sorry, I was um, very excited about that. <laughs> and and the Curiatii, so the family that were of the triplets. You'd want to get them on side. I think so. <laughs> they might need some compensation. And uh, the Servilliers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really think any of the other people are going to come up. Much. Although, I suppose the Cluelia? Is it Cluelia? Yeah. <laughs> they might come up again. Mm. We'll let you know. If they're, yeah, they're going to be important. Yeah, and a few others. Anywho, this yeah. means that he has to expand uh, where the Senate meets. Yes, as well. Yes, and this is where the Curia Hostilia yeah. comes into play. Indeed, again, mm. won't be the last time we mention that. No, no. Um, he also. He takes a strategy which is sort of class stratification, like yeah. integration at all levels. Yes. So he creates 10 new squadrons of equites. Yep. So the knights. Yep. And he also fleshes out the legions, um, which presumably are a little bit run down after the battle. <laughs> yeah. Fleshes so them. So much more. So much more. <laughs> you know who we could fill in those gaps with? Yeah. Alwyn soldiers. Indeed. Um, so you think to yourself, that's going to be a rough time. Yeah. I can't imagine... I, to me, that, that would be the most difficult moment of integration. But what better way to unify a people and celebrate the fact that you've got kick-ass new forces than mm. another war? Mm. <laughs> well, you can bring them all together, yeah. Yes. Forget your differences, guys. You're now on the same side, exactly. like, for real. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Not just in name. <laughs> yeah. Um, and nothing nothing could be better to bring them together than a war against the Sabines. Ah, the Sabines. <laughs> yeah, because they haven't had enough no. already, no, exactly. you know. Oh, dear. There doesn't seem to be much rhyme or reason for choosing the Sabines at yeah. this point like, in time. I'm well aware, of course, that there are some Sabines living in Rome. There are, there's quite a lot of Sabines yeah, exactly. living in Rome. Nonetheless. Never. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Don't let Tullus decides you. to make the preemptive strike, invades mm-hmm. the Sabines, and mm. again, again the Romans are victorious. Yeah, well, it's great because Tullus is like, well, you know, I just maxed out my cavalry and my infantry, so like... We're at full strength. Obviously, we will get a win. Yeah. <laughs> Just doubled the population yeah. of my city. They were like, this yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, so they, they put down the victory to the expanded forces, which is obviously part of this morale sort of yeah. integration process that they're trying to do. And you have to admit, admit, if this were all true, which we're presuming that it is, <laughs> it would probably be awesome to win a war, you know, like at this point in time and, and feel all like buddy, buddy. Albans <laughs> 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 and Romans once more. Now, now we're all Romans. Yeah. Um, smooth sailing. Smooth sailing. Yeah. Um, and to me, this, this feels like it has so many problems. But yeah, but, you can see how they're totally setting, like, trying to just explain how all these things... Yeah, well, this yeah. is establishing a lot of the things about Roman character, yeah. the way the Romans go about doing business, and also the way that Romans... Uh, accrue power in Italy and start to develop and expand as a result of that. Yeah, they can't a... just stay a small city uh, and go into little skirmishes against cities of the same size. No. At some point, if they're going to be the Rome that Livy is living in yeah. when he's writing his history, you have to they, have to, yeah. they have to expand, they have to start to have a reach, have influence. And they have to be pretty successful at doing this. Yeah, <laughs> and not lose a lot. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is true. Losing losing's losing no good. Is not them. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> no. work for the narrative no. and it doesn't work for history. No. So let's just not do that. Yeah. And then we end on kind of an odd note. Mm. It's like going into like religious stuff kind oh, of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, my eyes light up. Yeah, you're much better at this kind of thing <laughs> than I am, I must admit. Um, I love a good prodigy. Yeah, yes. Well, see, this is the other thing. We, we delve into the land of oracles and prodigies. Yeah. Because apparently, after the defeat of the Sabines, mm. um, everyone's on, you know, like, woo, such a high. But then, <laughs> but then, apparently, 
they get wind of this story about a rain of stones on mm. the Alpen Mount. Um, and everyone's like, Psh, whatever. This rain of stones. Yeah, that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> but they check it out. And apparently it was somewhat it, true. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, it's raining pebbles on the Alban Mount. Yeah. Uh, so it's a prodigy that is now, I suppose, technically in Roman territory to a, in a symbolic way. Very true. Um, yeah. So they check that out. And, and reputedly, there is also a voice from the mountaintop grove. Indeed, telling them you've ticked off the gods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and that in order to make things right, um, you really need to celebrate the sacrifices as the forefathers have done. Yeah, because it's mostly the Albans who are being targeted here, isn't it? That Basically, they've been... They've actually been too good at assimilating that. Well, yeah, the trouble seems to be that even though the Alban temples have been preserved by yeah. Tullius's degree, yeah. the... Or decree, I yeah. should say, yeah. pronounce announce correctly. Yeah. Um, the a lot of the religious ritual that the Albans engaged in themselves have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, they've been taken away from their geographical area and, yeah. and sort of drawn into Rome. So it's perhaps not surprising. Um, so this seems to be like we've, there's got to be a balance. Yes. Um, you can't just abandon the rituals; they're important. Yep. And so you should keep them up. Yes. <laughs> or yeah. face the wrath of the gods. Yes. Yes. So the Romans are like, all right, how about a nine-day celebration? Indeed. And in fact, it has become a custom, apparently, that whenever a prodigy is reported three times, mm. then there should be... Yeah. yeah. So, so they start to institute a, a set of sort of uh, formulations on guidelines on how to participate in certain rituals, yeah. when to engage in them. So basically, yeah. And, and yeah, basically, if there is a prodigy, it has to be reported, you know, mm. a number of times or whatever before they're going to... Yeah. Say, oh, that must be actually happening. Mm. <laughs> Not just some crazy story. But despite their best efforts, this doesn't stop the pestilence that uh, you drove. I love a pestilence, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You've got the prodigies, you've got the pestilence. Yeah, and so understandably, perhaps, if everyone's being sort of struck down by this pestilence, um, they're not feeling quite as warlike as they once did. Yeah. yeah. They don't really want to go. No. Um, and Tullus is not very happy about this. He's no. like, dudes, we've got war. Yeah, <laughs> and surely if there's a pestilence in the city, then a lovely vacation to a war elsewhere would sort you right out. Yeah, but unfortunately, he then also gets sick. <laughs> Once he gets sick, he really changes his tune. He's like, "Dudes, I totally understand now. I don't want to get up either." Yeah, exactly. Uh, as as said it, <laughs> the horsey spirit was broken. Yeah, and the trouble is that I. I would really like some details on what type of pestilence this was. Yeah, because we don't really have any details. No, I I would like that. That's just my curiosity as a historian coming through. Um, But it seems that while Tullus is ill, he sort of becomes much much more uh, esoteric in his interests and more Mm. occultish, even from the other Romans' perspective. Yeah. Livy describes him as becoming prey to all sorts of superstitions. Yes. And he starts to devote himself very specifically to sacrifices in honour of Jupiter, uh, Elikius. Yeah, I think that's what I go with too. Yeah. <laughs> well I done. Once again, um, <laughs> braving the pronunciation. I'm not sure about the pronunciation. Well, though. anyway, yeah. He, 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 I can understand how, I mean, it's, it's not that unusual even these days, I don't think, for people to, you know, sort of get religion when there's... <laughs> You know, no, their health is suffering or whatever. Not at so all. That actually does not strike me as unusual. No, but yeah. unfortunately, no. as far as anybody's concerned, exactly. Jupiter in particular apparently is angry. Uh, <laughs> Tullus doesn't do the rites properly. No. And is thus struck down by lightning. Spend a little bit too much time on the battlefield. 
field and can't quite <laughs> figure it all out. It's too complicated. Yeah. So we sort of, we get a variation on like the death of Tullus mm. in our sources. I like the version where he's struck by a thunderbolt. <laughs> yes. Well, that's Jupiter coming into play. Yeah. You have not done those rituals correctly. I have something to say about that. I'm going to kill you and burn down your house. <laughs> that's what you deserve. Exactly. Um, so there's divine retribution comes into play as a possible uh, moment of death. Yes. Uh, and the other is that uh, the would-be successor mm. of Tullus actually just has his family murdered. Ooh, dear. Mm. Well, Ouch. I guess... I guess this it's is... not as quite as exciting, but possibly no. more plausible. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's kind of like Romulus, you know? It's got continuity if they're both killed by Thunderbolts rather than both being murdered. <laughs> mm. Mm. Anyway, on that note, dear listeners, I feel that we probably should wrap up mm. because I know that you're dying for us to get on to recording the next episode about the fourth King of Rome. <gasps> <gasps> That's what will be coming next. But before we go, I yes. have a little shout-out to um, some male podcasters in the good old UK. If you're enjoying our light-hearted take on ancient Rome, I think you'd very much enjoy listening to a history of the kings and queens of England as told by Graham and Ali of Rex Factor fame. Check mm. it out. 